I'm like looking at it. I'm like, it's just a dirt road. Like, and it was so easy. All I had to do was like go around the gate. And I'm like, <laughs> certainly they won't mind. All I'm doing Dude, is you live in, on the dirt road. You live in Kentucky. You should know all about sketchy dirt roads that you shouldn't go down. He lives in the populated part of Kentucky, though. Yeah, there's no gravel dirt <laughs> roads in Kentucky. It's all paved. That is a, some gu- that's got to be a blatant lie, dude. There are sketchy, Apparently, sketchy dirt roads in Kentucky for sure. What up, party people? My voice still sucks, so your boy is going to keep this one short and snappy. We've got debates over the best winter training destinations. We give a couple cents on how this BWR Arizona race is going to shake out this weekend. We touch on the hot debate over hooked versus hookless rims. And also, when in the hell did the coveted drop our mountain bike category suddenly enter the limelight? You're welcome, Bike Industry, for inspiring yet another category of bikes. Hit us up with any feedback or questions you have for the show at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com, or you can find the show. <coughs> See, I told you. Or you can find the show page on Instagram and follow us there. All right, let's get this thing started already. Dude, we were we were just discussing my my winter training grounds hot take. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So it seems like everybody is in Tucson, Arizona this winter. You have um, some FOMO? No, I'm not. That's my hot take. <laughs> so, so Tucson, Arizona has always been... Uh, this this winter cycling mecca it's, it's like every single pro is going to tucson to train um yep. but it's i don't i don't know it seems like even more pros are over there this year and not even pros some people who are not professional bike racers but just have a passion for riding their bikes are going to tucson um and that's cool but my <laughs> my hot my hot take is that brevard north carolina Better winter riding than Tucson, Arizona. So by better, what are you talking about? Just weather conditions? Like no, conditions? I don't think like, I don't think the weather conditions are better. I think the weather is slightly better in Tucson, although the weather is not bad in Brevard. Like we haven't gotten <clears> snow the past two years, and I have to ride the trainer maybe two or three times a year, which is nothing compared to most people. Um, okay, so what's where's what's the found, so foundation I think of this I, hot take? I think the actual riding itself is better in Brevard. Um, mm. I think the ro- the road riding is way better because you can ride on mountain roads with very minimal traffic, very few stoplights. Whereas in Tucson, I mean, if you look at the rides most people are doing, they're just kind of riding in a straight line through the desert for hours. Um, and the gravel is, it's not Midwest style gravel, uh, which a lot of people like but can also be boring, but it's, it's mountainous gravel. So you're riding on gravel roads through the mountains, climbing, descending, and then the mountain biking personally, I think is the best on the East coast. So I, I think the actual, and, and the mountain biking is kind of a personal preference thing. Cause some people really like that desert techie <clears throat> style riding that Tucson has. Yeah. Um, whereas Brevard mountain biking is more East coast techie riding. Um, and so I, I could see that being personal preference, but I think the actual riding itself is better here. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this. I know that you've talked about how you, at some point you'd love to move to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you moved hypothetically moved to Colorado and all of a sudden it was, you know, full blown winter and you're like, Oh, I got to get somewhere. I got to escape somewhere for some winter training. 
would you still go back to Brevard or would you then just go to Tucson? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would check out Tucson. I've only, I've only been in Tucson for two weeks total. So obviously I haven't ridden all the amazing stuff in, in Tucson. Um, I've only probably ridden a small fraction of it. Whereas I probably have ridden every good route in Brevard. Um, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind checking out Tucson. And I think that one of the advantages of Tucson is that every pro is there. So you have other fast people to ride with. And there's also that shootout group ride if you're into that. Um, you know, if you're into having a hard group ride, which at certain times of the year, I am into having a hard group ride. I would say not so much in the middle of winter, but. <clears throat> I I mean, I, I don't I don't describe I've never ridden in Brevard, but I agree mm-hmm. the riding there looks sicker than it than it does in Tucson. What I don't get though is it seems like all the jabronis down there are still wearing leg warmers and arm warmers. Like it just doesn't even seem warm. It's like if I'm gonna go somewhere <laughs> south to to ride, like I want shorts and short sleeves, man. I can yeah, ride with I, long I mean, sleeves anywhere. Yeah, fair enough, but it's 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 in the fifties here, like the forties and the fifties, forties and fifties is manageable. I, I get it. It's not, it's manageable, not like, but you, I'm not going to like uproot myself and go plant sure. myself somewhere where it's forties and fifties still. Like I, I want seventies, eighties. Give me some of that heat. Yeah. 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 It's not quite as warm, but I think the, that the, the argument I'm making is that the weather is not quite as good. And there are some weeks in the winter where it rains a lot, which is you know quite annoying, but, um, Although I've heard that Tucson will have pretty rainy days too, although I haven't been there long enough to know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, my my main argument is that the riding itself is better here. Adam, even in the really warm places, there's the jabronis that wear their long sleeves and their leg warmers. Like even when it's warm, like when I was in Florida, I'm like soaking it in. I'm like, all right, it's in the 60s, 70s, and there were I was like the only one in short sleeves like everybody had long sleeves it's like all these aarp members with their long sleeve jerseys and their and their leg warmers and i'm like well they can no i'm you can tell i'm the foreigner dude i'm gonna defend the where i i wear so much more clothes than everybody else i ride with it'll be a 60 degree day here in brevard and everybody look is dressed as if it's a it's as if it's summer no dude i'm still wearing i i don't i don't take off the leg warmers and the arm warmers until it's over 70 this is coming from the guy who was underdressed a month ago and had to get get a ride home from grandma (laughs) at the bakery yeah but i would i that that was that day if you saw i was i was dressed like it was the only you were probably the only one riding i was dressed like it was the apocalypse and i was the only one out there and i still got too cold (laughs) yeah how cold was it uh it was probably the out the the altitude that i rode up to because i i rode up the mountain it might have been in the teens and i was like yeah (laughs) but down in down in brevard i think it was in the 20s yeah, all all I'm saying is I can put on clothes and go ride here all year mm-hmm. if I want to. So like if I'm going to have to put on clothes still, why am I going to be in Tucson? You mean Brevard or Brevard? I do I, do people I'd st- just go keep going all the way to Mexico or something yeah, and just go to Mexico. wear shorts. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> well, well, if, just if, go to Mexico. if you're really it'll be cheaper, it'll be cheaper there too. That's true. 
if if you're really ch- chasing nice weather, I think Miami, Florida is the place you want to be. <clears throat> yeah, but the riding there kind of sucks too, doesn't it? Well, it's you just got that if you're one A group ride. <laughs> <laughs> they do have fast group rides, Consistent. and if you're into if you're into flat, boring gravel riding, they have a lot. They actually have a lot of flat gravel riding there that goes on for long in Miami? periods. Yeah, dude, not, you can bunny not hop in alligator. the city of Miami, but as soon as you get out of the city of Miami, like in the outskirts. Hmm, I didn't even know Florida had gravel roads. They do. Okay. They have like levees along canals. Exactly. And, yes. And that's, that counts. Yes. <laughs> so we right. just call it talking like a bike, bike trail, but it's I mean, gravel. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's more of like a, like, like an a rails to road. trails kind of crushed limestone type thing honestly was probably not made for the intended purpose of riding a bike was probably made for the intended purpose of maintenance vehicle access but yes oh so you're just talking like service roads when i was in florida there was some private road that i ended up on like one end of the road was totally open like a normal road and that's the way that i had routed my ride and i get to the end of the ride route or the road and it's there's a gate and it says private property. I'm like, well, I'm already like in it. So I'll jump off. And I, and then I kept going, but my ride was an out and back. And when I went back, I'm like, well, I got to jump this gate because this is the way my route goes. Um, and I was on a super busy road and there was literally a, a police officer parked like right there. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And so I, I was about to go around the gate and he like sirens me and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, are you about to go on a private property? And I'm like, yeah, but the other end of it is wide open. Like it's a normal road. He's like, it doesn't matter. Can you read? And I was like, (laughs) this dude was lighting me up and I was like, all right, never mind. I'll go a different way. And so I rode a different way, but he definitely scared me. Hmm. You think yeah. you think like the property owner called them when you hopped the first time? I must have. I, and Probably. there was another road that I rode between the two that that was also a private road. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, it's just a dirt road. Like, and it was so easy. All I had to do was like go around the gate. And I'm like, <laughs> certainly they won't mind. All I'm doing Dude, is you live in, on the dirt road. You live in Kentucky. You should know all about <laughs> sketchy dirt roads that you shouldn't go down. He lives in the populated part of Kentucky, though. Yeah, there's no gravel dirt roads in Kentucky. It's all paved. <laughs> that is a, some go- that's got to be a blatant lie, dude. There are sketchy, sketchy dirt roads in Kentucky, for sure. <laughs> apparently, there was some governor back in the day that was like, I'm going to pave all the roads, and he paved all the roads, and there's not any gravel here. Well, Did he wear only a gravel race, The only gravel race that happens in Kentucky isn't on gravel roads. It's on, like, four-wheeler ATV roads. Hmm. like backwoods not fun to ride your bike on kind of roads what that sounds way more fun than gravel roads nope <laughs> it sucks dude yeah come somebody, on now uh, come do it it's called the it's called the war daddy and it is a miserable fun race somebody <laughs> sent me a post of uh somebody made a drop bar uh specialized epic that was at the uh, bike World shop Cup. Yeah, that was what? at the bike shop that I'm sponsored by. That's oh really? Clo- yeah, that's close to here. Bicycle and in station. The, in the caption, they were talking about how it's like the perfect war daddy bike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. 
Yeah, and they were trying to make it like they like in their video they do build videos at this bike shop and they're trying to hype it up like oh my gosh i can't believe we built this look how crazy it looks and i'm like oh my gosh i've been hearing about these bikes for two years and you guys are just now <laughs> hyping it up like did it look sick come on do they want to sponsor the podcast <laughs> probably <laughs> did, did it look sick it did look yeah, sick. it looks it dope, like, man. It had yeah. a sweet, uh, I don't know if that's a custom paint job or what, but it had like pink speckled paint job. Where do I find you, this thing at? Go to Instagram and go to Bicycle Station or Jesse Bicycle Smith. Station? Yeah. Okay. It's their latest, one of their latest I think things. we talked about how that bike is kind of like the unicorn bike. The what bike? short travel, full suspension drop bar. Why? Because you get a little cush in the rear, but it's still super light. You get the drop yeah. bars. What's this What's place? Diff- Bike station? Bicycle station. What? I've, I've seen a number of people do the drop bar full suspension recently. The drop bar full suspension is not a unicorn anymore. Oh, yeah, dude. I've, they, they had I've like multiple it. posts about this. Yeah. They're hyping it up. They did a YouTube video about it. <laughs> yeah, they have a whole YouTube channel. Who Dude, would do a YouTube so... video about a drop bar mountain bike? They're so behind the times. They, they must listen to the Bored. show. Dude, it's got it's got Burt's on it. Thunderbirds? Dude, yeah, that's, a, that's a straight up Dylan Johnson special. <laughs> their cha- I think um, their yeah, the paint, the paint scheme is sick, but that's not it's not a custom paint job. That's just one of the paint oh, schemes okay. they offer. Yeah. I don't get notified every time Specialized drops a new paint scheme, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. I just assumed it was custom. Do you get notified every time Specialized drops a new version of the Pathfinder? No, but I do get notified every time State comes out with a new track bike or a fixie. Wow, that, that that's relevant. It, that is <laughs> yeah. so relevant. Yeah. Apparently, dude, one of their commit- fixies got like uh, some award for like top ten best bikes ever. Isn't that oh, cool? My. That's so cool. Best bike like ever. Magazine best bike ever. Uh, don't quote me on. Dude, this what bike shop has a, a YouTube or... video that's on the best gravel bike ever being just the the standard Epic World Cup. Clearly not, since you could turn into a drop bar bike. How many views did it get? I don't know. How do I know? How do I figure that out? I think their videos get pretty good views. I, uh, and I'm kind of like there's 113 my head. likes week. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well. Wait, you're sponsored by a shop that's in Indianapolis? No, no, no. They're based out of Columbus, Indiana, and they just opened up a second location in Jeffersontown, Indiana, which is only 15 minutes. Jeffersonville. From where I live. Jeffersonville, Indiana, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I live. It's right across the bridge from Louisville, so it's only 15 okay. minutes. Drew, your mic Did still it. sounds kind of soft. You should pull that a little closer or something. Speaking of sponsors, has, uh, has Silka fired us yet or what? Well, I played with my thing last night. Dude, okay, don't say that on the podcast. <laughs> it was Did awesome. You make a YouTube video about it. <laughs> I was going to make an Instagram reel about it. Okay, well, Ben, ben Delaney already has... whole, He beat us to the chase. Who did? When Ben, ben Delaney? Oh yeah. Well, that's because he's actually making money doing this. How's we're, that we're, guy? You guys, we're still just trying. When you guys talk about the Silka thing, are you talking about this and? And the Theragun? Are you about Whoa. To <laughs> is this? No, dude, that's hey! the Crockpot Nader 2000, dude. We're we're way oh, beyond that now. That's the oh. Monk Bros special. I didn't, yeah. I don't think I got it. Yeah, you then. had your massage gun ready. So. You were waiting for that, weren't you? <laughs> Wait, did you really not get one of the Crockpot Nader 4000s yet? I'll have to check. 
it's it's Arkansas mail is I feel like yeah by horseback here. yeah your goods <laughs> came like two weeks late last time well it was just in my neighbor's mailbox and she apparently doesn't check her mail for weeks at a time so <laughs> <laughs> maybe the crockpotinator four thousands in there yeah, Dude, yeah, we had we had a lot of people reach out that that were stoked on the crockpotinator four thousand. Good. Apparently they yeah. sold out, right? They sold out in three sold days. Out. Dude. Yeah. Dang. Look, so I don't I don't want to burst everyone's bubble here, but we probably didn't help with that at all because they they released it on <clears throat> Tuesday and this podcast didn't drop till Friday, which means they sold out before we even talked about it on the podcast. No, the so many we got, have wow, we dude. have so many on Way to throw ourselves supporters. under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, yeah, could you just, I bet it was all these thoughts that you dude. have. Could you just not say them out loud <laughs> while we're recording? Honestly, I think Drew has more thoughts that he shouldn't say out loud. <laughs> yeah, like playing with his thingy in the middle of the night. I always get you guys always give me the short end of the stick on this. <laughs> we're dude, actually not on the playing with for, your thing. for talking about Silka this week, so we don't have to if, unless we want. Oh, to. Okay, guys, let's let's stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just but. Drew, Just how did in it case go, he, how how was your experience? <laughs> Tell us about your playtime. Yeah, it took quite a bit longer than advertised for the stuff to melt. So I, I but luckily the 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 crockpotinator uh, um, has different heat settings. So I just jacked I was going to say yeah. Up to did max. you did you read the instructions? <laughs> I did. It says to okay, do it at seventy five. Because you have to heat you have to heat the strip chip at a higher temp than I the standard. Uh, no, wax. I didn't do the strip chip. All my all my chains are already clean because I didn't know that they were sending us those. So oh, I had already gotcha. like, decreased all my chains, at least the ones okay, that I have nice. right now. So, but I jacked up the heat just to melt all the wax to get it melted, and then I and then I dropped the temp back down to seventy five, and then I put my chains in it. Okay, I think it went well. Nice. The whole like putting the chain above it is like. I, I'm never gonna spill wax again. It's so nice. I did, so did try you do to multiple clean chains chain. at once. I did two chains, just my gravel and my road bike. Just did them both. Yeah, you did. Um, I had already had some. I am gonna. I have a whole system that I'm gonna do. Where I have hooks in the wall, and each hook is labeled one, two, three, four, five, six, and each one is gonna remind me what bike it goes to and if it's clean or dirty, which I should be able to tell that. But um, that way, I can like just do it all in rounds and I don't have to wax every couple weeks. I can just do it every maybe couple months, but I couldn't, I already lost track of like what chain is what. And I'm like, I need to come up with a system. So just put a different label. How many chains do you have per bike? Two? I think right now I've got two per bike. Is your road bike go, is your road bike two by or one by two by? Yeah. So isn't, shouldn't the chain length be different between the two bikes? No, I don't know, but I'm just going to label it to be safe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I run it. I have like a, basically like a hook next to my gravel bike, one next to my road bike, and one next to my mountain bike. And each I have two chains for each. So same thing, like have them labeled essentially and then rotate them in and out. The difference is See, now I you guys them. are turning me off to the whole chain waxing thing again. <laughs> it's just, dude, it's just called organization. It's just an, a, an efficient system to know what's good and what isn't. Or you just take it off when you swap chains. You just put it on the little uh, the wire doodad on the crockpotinator, and then you uh, fire so the crockpotinator. So I tried to 4, use the up. little wire doodad when I was mm-hmm. doing the boiling water. Um, actually, this is funny too. When I was boiling Wait, the water, I had the water. What were you boiling clean- water for? Because Tyler said that's how you clean the old wax off yeah. the chains. You can't. Oh, yeah. Just boil okay. water yeah, yeah. and, and yep. swish it around in there. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing. I had the water boiling up in the kitchen and CJ came down to the bike shop and was like, Hey, uh, I put some, I put the tea bags in the water upstairs and I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, why'd you do that? I'm like, come on. That's not what, and she was totally pulling my leg. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, that was a good joke. Uh, and then, but then I tried to use the little wire thing hook for from the crock potinator to to squish it around and then i realized my hand was way too close to the boiling water yeah the wire is not that long so then i took no. the wire off and was like yeah i don't want to get burned just use a fork instead i used a butter knife just to like squirrel it around you know if you drop some butter in there it kind of like pre-lubricates the chain <laughs> you know i thought about it i uh, got a saying here a- more butter, more better. I'm sure it applies for <laughs> chains too. Have you guys used the strip chip yet, Adam? Or have you just even? Yeah, I've, even I've only I've only here? used the strip chip. Okay. What's your experience with it like? Uh, it was cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, I mean, it's cool because it like saves the step of like having to agitate the solution with the chain in there, and yeah, yeah. Which Adam um, has never done, but he's seen me do it, and it, that was enough to turn him off yeah. waxing <laughs> yeah dylan's just like walking around in the parking lot in his socks for like half an hour shaking this tupperware that's got a <laughs> chain in it with some kind of solution yeah i still don't know what to do it wasn't even a tupperware that. i think you were just using like a mason jar so it was like making noise and stuff yeah yeah i was probably annoying everybody in the in the little <laughs> hotel area that we were staying at so the strip chip's cool the, the thing that i did not realize when i first did it until after we talked with travis at silka is that you can you can reuse the wax that has the strip chip in it Mm. i thought you just had to like toss the whole thing i didn't luckily it was still like just frozen in the crock pot nader 4000 yeah um but yeah he said like once you strip the chain once you can reuse that wax again like when you want to re-wax but only if it's already been stripped like you can't reuse the stripping aspect and each Mm. strip chip has to be for one chain Mm. it's like if you're going to do two chains dizzle you have to use two strip chip blocks Mm. that's a good and you you know me i'm a penny pincher so i would have totally tried (laughs) to to, dump like five chains with one strip chip i would have done yeah that's what i sad boy what if you what if you put them all on the wire at the same time and just does that count as one chain no no really long chain no, it's some kind of like they they had to they they had to formulate the ratio correctly of like how much degreasing solvent is is in there versus how much wax is in there. Uh and it's based on one chain's worth of grease. Got it. Okay. And it only works for factory grease. So like if you've already started lubing your chain with other grease, uh you don't want to use the strip chip. It has I was to be a brand new ask chain. That. The strip chip is just for a brand new chain with that thick grease on it yeah but if you've got like a but what if you have like a really just dirty chain you still have to like do the whole cleaning process for that yeah but but just use the silica degreaser stuff that's probably the best way yeah from my understanding okay yeah all right as much as i love to talk about chain waxing for hours on end uh we do have the first i would say major gravel race of the season coming up this weekend if you don't count like Huffmaster and the old man winter and the grasshopper puff the magic dragon. <laughs> I thought you were going to transition us to tire talk. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Can't be serious right now. Straight from Wait, so what race is going on this talk. weekend? Uh, BWR AZ. 
That's right. But do we know who's all going to it? Well, we do know that uh, we know who's going to win it. Yeah, Drew Dillman, Tobin, or Dizzle Baby. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> we know to- I know Tobin's going to be there. Lance is going to be there. Keegan's going to be there. Is this like? How do you know that from social media? No, Tobin told us, dude, mm-hmm. when he was on here. Well, oh, yeah. Tobin told us, and also, if I mean, do you follow BWR on social media? Well, I mean, I do, but I'm not really on social media. That all often. right? Well, never mind. I mean, yes, Keegan will be there. Um, and I, think, I don't. I think Pete right, Stutna and Alexi as well, but I could yeah, be wrong. Stutna, Alexi, Russell. Yeah, dude, there. BWR just posted like yesterday that Keegan's going to be there. Did they yeah. put me on the start list as like one no, of the hitters? No one knows who you are, Drew. <laughs> they have to. I got second in their series last year, even though I'm not as fast as those guys. I feel like Looks they like have Howie's to going to be there. Oof. Oh yeah. By the way, this guy, man, it's going to be stacked. It sounds stacked. How, How are you, you doing? The way for How you feeling about it, Drew? <laughs> It'll be great training. Dude, I am, <laughs> I I am a little jealous that it's only 103 miles. Why are that you sounds je- way you sicker. About that? I don't know because oh, you like that it's shorter, is what you're. I saying. like that it's shorter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is there? Can I can I ask a question? Is there a way? I, I might be ignorant to the BWR website, and they'll probably comment on this post. Uh, is there a way to even see who's registered for the events? No, or is no. it just like they don't they why? don't post that. What's they the deal do that with, on like they do that on purpose for some reason. I don't know why. I can go to any other bike race on Bike Reg and see who's registered <clears> to <throat> determine whether or not I want to show up. But like I can't <laughs> I think that's why they do it. <laughs> but then why do they just make like these obscure posts about who's maybe gonna be there? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like if you want it to be a total secret, then don't don't reveal anything. Just let it be a yeah. secret. Dude, if you want to have a big secret, just don't even publicize the race. It's just you got to know when it is. Just show up. Yeah. So, okay. So, do we have uh, do we have predictions for uh, who's going to win this weekend? Do we know yeah. who's Do we know who's going to be there on the women's side? I don't think we, dude. Well, based on Keegan's training, dude, he's like hardly riding his bike at all. So, I think he's going to be a flop. <laughs> uh, is uh, is Russell recovered from his? Stomach illness that he got in wherever he was, South America. I have no idea. I don't know. I haven't talked to him. He's my yeah, pick unless he's not recovered. We're pretty good buddies, <laughs> but we haven't been texting recently. Oh, yeah. Dude. You're Dude. working your way into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get invited to the Spirit Tour next year. <laughs> well, you can just sign up for the one this fall. <clears throat> yeah, dude. It's what? Open Reg. There's an open yeah. Reg for a Spirit Tour this fall? Yeah, man. They're doing a Spirit Tour camp. Wait, yeah. are you serious? Who? Keegan and Russell? And and other spirit homies? Yeah. And anyone can sign up for it? Yeah, dude. You in? Pretty sure, dude. Whoa. Why didn't should I hear bonk, about this? Should the bonk bros just crash the party? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I hear about this? <laughs> I think I could probably be fit by, like, October. <clears throat> To make it, uh, I don't know ride. why you didn't hear about this. I, I, I feel like believe, they, I mean, I guess that's during their off season. I can't believe that they're they're subjecting themselves to that. I mean, it's probably going to be like they're not going to be there themselves, right? They're just going to like outsource. So oh, they're really? Gonna, like, they're not. Oh, I'm sh- I'm, I'm just, sure they're going to be there. Kidding, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> making stuff up, <laughs> dude. I I mean, I I have not heard of this at all. So this is all this is all news to like me. I don't know what's happening. There's like a whole website on it. I think. Wow. 
I feel like. Spirit Tour, Camp, Bike, Arizona. Got to type in all the hot keys. The Spirit Tour. I don't know. I can't find anything on on it right now, but they were at least posting about it after the Spirit Tour Camp. Hmm. <sighs> all right. Yeah. Go through everybody's social media here, figure it out. But yeah, they, allegedly they have the, uh, you know, they're going to have like a, I don't know, some type of camp where you two can ride the bicycle paths of Tucson. Wow. That's right. sick. You can you dizzle. <clears throat> we had someone comment on one of our, our videos and they said, would someone uh, please tell dizzle that they aren't bike pimples, they're adventure nipples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Last night I was cleaning my bike to get ready to pack it up for the weekend. And I thought about like just taking all the little strips of electric tape off and just letting those things hang out there. But free, free the nipple, baby. <laughs> free the nipple. <laughs> free the pimples. <laughs> I've had multiple people like say, oh, yeah, we're going to be there. Can't wait to see your pimples in person. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm sure state loves that. Yeah, I hope so. Dude, you're you're such a good marketing vessel for state. <laughs> Thank you. I take that. I take that deeply. Uh all right, so do we have predictions for this weekend? Uh oh. It's hard to predict anything if we can't tell who's registered. So I think the default is uh Keegan and Sophia. <laughs> the default. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Toby doing it? Tobjorn? I mean, he is in Arizona right now, so that oh yeah, he's nice. got to be doing surpri- it. And he did do it last year too. I think he got third place last year. He's much more experienced this year. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, maybe this is the year that Keegan, uh, the upset of Keegan. How else like any- be in the first race? Who of the else year is going to be there that beat. could even upend uh, uh, Keegan? Well, Alexi's I mean, there are a lot of the Alexi's typical been life to beat Keegan. Yeah, I mean, years, Alexi, right? Pete, Russell, Howie. Alexi's only Alexi's only been getting closer and closer. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Alexi did beat Keegan a couple times last year. So, yeah, yeah but I, I feel I mean. like Alexi doesn't usually come on till a little bit later in the season. He's not usually like flying in the spring. I don't think. Yeah, no, that is a good point. Um, I mean, he has won BWR California in the spring, but that's not usually until a bit later. Yeah, so. it's later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know. I think Toby could be a pretty good pick. He's he he's still riding the pretty streak solid from technically. October is he what? Is he still riding the streak from October? Does it count? <laughs> Can yeah, count he's won his... two races in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's on in the last fire. two races. He's undefeated, so he's on a row. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and apparently he has been training it a crap ton this winter. So <clears throat> hasn't everybody? Yeah, no. I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah we could probably stop talking about that Dylan. it just depresses me like oh my gosh everybody's doing 40 hours and i'm like still on the 25 hour train <laughs> you just, i know you just feel less than because you're only doing 25 <laughs> hours man yeah. like a six hour train <laughs> i i have seen you, you, you've only done a few like 100 mile rides lately dizzle yeah i, I don't know what's up really, with that. yeah i know the other day 25, I was not, 25 hours 95. is the new recovery week <laughs> you said yeah, two I'm to never, five hours is a new recovery week that's what I'm, I'm down with that i'll probably never get into the series with these weekly hours <laughs> nope um yeah my my, my uh my strategy is to uh, 
train properly and hope that everybody else is just training too much. Just overtraining. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You're following Keegan's goal. plan. Everybody else follow Keegan's plan. I'll follow the Dizzle plan and we'll see who survives. You know what the, the nice thing is about the BWR stuff though, is they do a pretty good job of covering the races. So you can actually see what's like what happens in each event. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to, I love them because they, they hand you bottles during the race. Why? Do they really? That's, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal to hand bottles to people while they race. Is that, they, is that like, to uh, me, that's a game changer. Is that for everybody or just like no, emergency just the, bottles? Yeah. Just the, just, just the, the lead group. Mm, gotcha. They were kind enough to come 15, back to 20 me guys. as I was getting dropped from the Utah lead group. They did come back to me and say, Hey, you need anything before we uh, ditch you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was getting dropped, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a bottle." And, yeah, but they're I mean, that's cool not the car a little bit. <laughs> that's not very spirit of gravel, though. You know, yeah. Who cares? Pandering to the pros and no what, one else. What pandering? <laughs> pandering, yeah, dude. We're out of here trying to gatekeep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the the new course does look pretty sick too. Are you I mean, are you getting like, down there to pre ride or anything, Drew? I get there Thursday midday and I'm going to ride as much as I can Thursday before it gets dark. And then Friday I might even ride more because I don't, yeah, I don't really like, this isn't a huge race for me, so I don't really need to like taper and all that. I'd rather ride parts of the course. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. So like it, it starts with a pretty spicy false flat, six mile, seven mile it's um, paved. paved. It? It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a climb. Like it's, but it's, it'll be fast. Okay. And then you like immediately rip onto a pretty long dirt descent. So yeah. I feel like the, that those first opening miles are going to be yeah pretty spicy. Yeah. I was definitely going to pre ride that. And then you end with like the hardest section on the whole course as far as like the off road sector goes. It's yeah, like a super pre-ride. steep dirt climb, I'll and then ripping fast technical descent into like this ravine, and then like a pre technical climb coming back out of it. And then you like pop out on the road and ride the road back to the finish. So I feel like it, it's going to be like it's one of those races or it's one of those race courses that uh, will be, I think, pretty tactical. Nice. Pretty tactical or pretty technical? Tactical. Like I think I think tactics are going to are going to play a factor. I agree. I I mean, I disagree. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, because the more technical the course is, the less tactical it is. It's not that technical until the end. I thought it was the most technical BWR course. Well, it probably is the most technical BWR course, but it's not like it's not like crazy technical. I mean, you're still on gravel okay. bikes. All right. Did All they right. make any changes to the course in line with the rest of their uh, announcement about? No, it less seems technical like courses. It, it seems like if anything, it's actually like percentage wise, it's more technical mm. because the race is shorter now. There's less pavement. Mm-hmm. And they still kept like some of the technical single track in there, or a lot of it. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, I would say it's probably one of the more technical BWR courses. But I think mm-hmm. the way that it's the the technical sections are split out, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a tactical race too. Mm. Gotcha. All right. all right, all right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I wish like I wish for for our benefit we could see like who was registered for the race. Um, that would be a nice ad. I asked them about that at, at Mexico and, uh, they did say that if I was really wanting to know, I could email them and they could send me the reg list. 
So if you're <laughs> if you're really that like Wait, desperate, why don't we do that? I can, then? I can email. Call him right. Well, I mean, it's I just mean, right if this show's not going to come out until Friday. It's like it's not like anyone's going to pull out or sign up last minute based on what we talk about. I would hope not. <laughs> listen to this. It's probably too late for me to email him right now, though. Well, yeah, he's not going to yeah, respond just, now. Just forget about yeah. it, Drew. It's okay. In the future, Tyler, I can I can do that if you really yeah you should little, if you really put want. a little bug in there here and just say hey you know it'd be really cool if you published uh, you know there's a little who's <coughs> registered tab on your bike reg pages that'd be yeah. great. They are the only ones that do that, um, and I don't even I, I asked them why they do that, and and I, honestly I don't even remember why they said that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Switching topics, remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, uh, somebody asked a question about hookless rims. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Honestly, hookless rims is not something that I think about a whole lot because all the rims I have are just... You were just now thinking about it. We were talking about something completely different. Out of nowhere, you're like, (laughs) hookless rims, and I'm like, where where did that come from? (laughs) Obviously, you were thinking about it. Well, no, 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 because something sparked me to think about it, and I'm bringing that up right now. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I don't normally think about hookless rims because quite honestly, all gravel rims are hookless. At least most of them are. And not all. There's there's some hooked gravel rims, but uh and I'm not I'm not a roadie, so I know that this is a well, actually, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't realize how controversial hookless rims are for road racers. Yeah. Like there are some people I, I know that rim brakes versus disc brakes is a very controversial topic for road racers. Uh, hook still, hook, dude, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be very surprised. I put out a poll on my YouTube channel, disc brakes or rim brakes. And that was probably the most heated comment section under a poll that I've ever seen. Well, like people were legitimately arguing back and forth in the comments about uh, rim versus disc brakes. But I would say close second to that right now is hookless versus hooked rims. There are some people for road for road for road. Yeah. 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 There are some people that are very anti hookless. And so the reason why this is relevant is because this past week, um, I think it was, uh, Thomas DeGent, Mm -hmm. his front tire blew off during a race and he was on SRAM wheels, which are, they have infamously gone full, the full hookless route. And the comments were just littered with people saying, oh, dude, hookless strikes again. You know, I can <laughs> guarantee, I can almost guarantee you they did not listen to the max pressure. Like I've heard of so mm-hmm. many people just totally ignoring the warning on the side of the rim that says, do not pump over. I think it's 72 PSI on zips. Yeah. And if you abide by that, you should be good. But I'm pretty sure they're like, ah, that's just a warning, and they pump it up to the normal 110 that they're used to. And I mean, everyone's got to learn the hard probably. way. You did, Dizzle. Yeah, that was on mountain bike wheels, and <laughs> you guys even said, and there wasn't a warning label. Yeah, that how do we know? Other... Maybe maybe his mechanic was I, being I come, facetious, too. And I have come a long way since then, <laughs> my buddy. So yeah, the, I actually, I didn't even know that uh, that zips were all hookless. Uh, for the road wheels, I, I yeah. haven't had. I, I'm pretty sure not time. only are not only have they gone all full hookless, <clears throat> but they make some pretty bold marketing claims about how the hookless rim is saving you X number of watts because of the arrow drag or whatever. Um, 
So whether those yeah, are correct what, or not, I don't know. But that's what we've ran on um, Roadhouse the last two years, and we had zero issues. Like we all mm-hmm. loved it. So, so the other the other interesting thing is that if you look at the picture, uh, he had one of those Vittoria inserts, which I would think would make it less likely for the tire to blow off the rim, but clearly not. But the mechanic was saying we know that the insert adds about a watt um to the to the rolling resistance so it adds more drag to the rolling resistance but we run it anyway for safety because so they're very safe <laughs> the tire blows off the rim yeah because they're scared of the tire going flat and then the person crashing and they're scared enough about that that they're willing to add a watt of rolling resistance to the tire wow um yeah i'm trying to read through this article and it seems to be the case that like it just is the wrong, either they inflated it too high, they either inflated mm-hmm. the tire too high, or they just were not running the right width of tire to, or that was sure. compatible with the... Uh, there, also, there are the also rim. some tires that I think are in, just incompatible with hookless, or, or hook, yeah, hookless rims. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does it say here? Three. Love how I'm, like, doing research. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in mid-podcast. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, like... It, hookless is interesting i think it just the lack of standardization across the industry just makes it all the more frustrating to like as a consumer trying to read this article and like understand what tires i can run and what tires i can't run on these hookless mm-hmm. on these hookless rims is just confusing and having to understand what iso standards are so that i don't you know die when i'm descending on a road and my tire just blows off like yeah I mean, all things are like that, though. Like, there's always different standards. You got to adapt and learn. And But once you learn it, it's like downloading. It's like getting your email connected on your phone. Like, it's such a pain to get your email connected to your phone. But once you get it, once you get it connected to your phone, life is so much better because your email is right there on your phone and you don't have to worry about it. And it's just... Or like getting your training peaks and your Garmin to actually like freaking talk to each other. Drew. Once it's set up, it's beautiful. <laughs> Drew, I'm not going to lie. I don't I don't even remember having to think about getting my email connected to my phone. Like I'm pretty sure I got my phone and it was already connected for some reason. No, <laughs> like it wasn't a pain at all. <laughs> nah, adding accounts and logging in, that stuff's so <laughs> annoying. Come on. Everybody yeah. knows that that's such a pain. Uh, right, it right. is the worst because the, inevitably you're going to forget your password and then you're going to have to change your password and then you got to go into all of your devices and update your password. And by the time you get to that last device, you already forgot the first password, so you got to go back and redo it all again. That is the worst. Let me yeah. let me drop a little hint for you for all the listeners. It's called password managers. <laughs> yeah. One pass. Last maybe not last pass, but one password. It's great. Solves all that issue for you. You just you use the same password for everything you're saying? Exactly, you dude. Bonk Bros 37 exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> By example. No, I do have a password. trick that I that I do now that makes it easier, but not all of the different passwords have been updated to using that trick. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't done it yet. Is it your dog's first name with no. your birthday after it? <laughs> Does no. your dog have a second name? What do you, what do you mean your first his first name? What's his second? What's your dog's second name? Tyler. <laughs> the last name, obviously. <laughs> or if you're just cheap, you just have a note on your phone that says passwords, and then it has all your passwords in it. 
Actually not. If you're clever uh, like me, you have a note in your phone that's called things to do so that if somebody does jack your phone, they won't know that that's your passwords. <laughs> so it, it Yeah, but now like, you've just it, said that it, on it this looks podcast. Like, it looks like it's my things to do list, but it's actually all my passwords. But I actually found out that you can uh that that note is passcode encrypted or whatever. You have to like you have to have a you have to put in the password to get into the password thing. Mm. so don't lose that password or you're screwed yeah but. then you're definitely screwed anyways yeah, well yeah, yeah. anyways mark Once wants to know <laughs> i think they're nice it's just a matter of figuring out what tires work with what and all that stuff i, I do like that they they make your tires sit slightly <clears throat> wider so i mean it's probably only a millimeter difference but your tire will be it sits slightly wider with the hookless and and it it is a better like um grab that's not the right word a better connection that's probably not the right word either <laughs> it's a whatever better... drew whatever you're about to say right now for sure there's going to be some very pissed off people that think that you've just drank the marketing kool-aid because that's when i when i see uh, the the people who are upset about hookless rims they think that it's just entirely to make manufacturing cheaper and easier and they're trying to sell us that it's somehow better but it's not it makes sense to me I mean, it is like cheaper it, and easier better... to manufacture. I mean, they they have that right. <laughs> but I also think it makes the wheel more durable. Like when you have hooks on your rims, that's the in order for them to make that hook, it's a pretty thin mm. layer of carbon there. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, like you know, back in the day when you would crack uh, carbon rims, it would it would always be like cracking it through the the hooked part. Mm. But dude, I feel like hookless rims are just bomb proof. Mm. I've yeah, whacked yeah. my rims so many times yeah, and come like, on, Adam. never you're, even you're flatted. Just, you're just drinking the marketing juice, Adam. Don't you know <laughs> that they just do that for, uh, cause it's cheaper. I mean, I, I just admitted that they do it. It's definitely, it's definitely cheaper and easier to make, but yeah. Uh, well, Mark wants to know what the best 45 millimeter tire is for wet and dry conditions. Challenge getaway XP. Mark, Next question. Just don't ride when it's wet. Then you can have, then you can have one tire. <laughs> Right when it's wet. Whatever uh, I think, wet. I think that you have to specify the wet conditions because as wet conditions mean, if if wet condition means, is it a class three <laughs> gravel road with three inches of rain, or is it a class six with one inch of rain? You need to clarify. And is the dirt red or is it brown? Because that makes a huge difference. <laughs> it does, dude. It does make a difference. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. If we're talking about unbound mud, then you actually want a narrow, slick tire to attract as least as as little mud to the tire as possible. But if we're talking Ooh, about Mark, East East Coast Mark mud, is on Instagram. Should I ask him to clarify? Sure. But if we're talking about East Coast mud, then you do want something knobby for traction. See if Mark responds in real time. It's basically a lot, it's, it basically depends on how much clay is in the mud. You know what I mean? I feel so, like I guess yeah. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead, Taylor. I mean, I feel like there's no yeah, like a tire for wet for wet conditions. It does depend. Like if you're, I don't know. I mean, all there's no good tire for wet conditions. I mean, unless it's like, you know, the ground is wet and you're just looking for more knobs to hook up. That's yeah. Yeah. Here's my take on that. I think your wet tire and your dry tire for gravel should be the same. Just one is four millimeters smaller. Mm, The wet tire for more clearance. Four mil smaller. Yeah. Right. So like a 28 if it's wet and a 32 if it's dry. Perfect. (laughs) Nice. 
yeah that that that, that'd be my my answer so i'm gonna actually agree with dizzle the getaway is a pretty good uh like wet condition gravel tire that's 45 millimeters wide even though it might flat wow well the xp is pretty good actually oh yeah can we wow can you say that again? Before you said the whole tire part, Mark I Adam. agree with Dizzle. <laughs> the day has come. This isn't the first time I've agreed with you. Yeah. We do agree that Bill and Ted is the greatest movie ever. Yeah, no. We're in, we're in agreement not, on that. Not even close. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. Next question. Are we doing listening uh, questions? Just smooth. You know, transition? it sucks when it sucks when people like send us a story, and then by the time I get around to reading this, the story's gone. Oh, mm. so don't do that anymore. Yeah, then your answer is not going to get. Or just, or if you want to do it, screenshot the story and oh, yeah. send it. To so Adam. that's what that's what Stephanie here did. Which that's smart. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay, cool. Uh, Stephanie wants us to comment on social media on every twenty four hours. Alpacin de Kunix is... new denim kit <laughs> have you seen that yeah i have seen they're going they're going like the full denim look yeah appealing to an american audience hot take let me do it is quick. that appealing to an american audience is okay i like it only if <clears throat> matthew vanderpool's kit uh world champs kit looks like whitewashed denim no <laughs> even ben better it, it should just look like a wife beater <laughs> Do you guys do you guys remember um And Jeff they all need mullets, dude. The picture that she sent me, the dude doesn't even have a mullet. Like dude, come on. Vanderpool's working on one. Do you guys remember Jeff Kabush's kit uh for Unbound? I forget what year it was, but it was basically denim with a wife beater, but it yeah. was a skin suit. That's what I'm talking about. That's what they need. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess it looks fine. I I'm I don't have strong opinions on it, even though that's probably what this person was looking for. I'm going to go the oh, Scott route. I don't have strong opinions on this. Okay. Quick update on our earlier uh, conversation around BWR. Looks like Finsty is only going to be at Mid-South Sea Otter, BWR San Diego, and Unbound is mm. what he's announced. So mm. I rescind my pick. I'm going back to Keegan. <laughs> Wait, were you Continue. picking Russell before? I was. I'm going to pick to to- I'm, I'm picking Toby just to be different. Mm, okay all right adam continue uh, okay so adam wants to know if anyone uses liners in their crock pots when waxing your chain liners mm. i don't even know yeah, what that so is. like they sent like these reynolds slow cooker liners so it's like basically what? like a plastic liner you put in your crock pot yeah it's so, that so when you, you can make... use your crock pot for food afterwards yes. why would you do that it's so that when you, <laughs> you make, make queso, it so it's easy. normally it's when easier to queso, clean yeah when you make queso in a crock pot at the top of the queso, it gets burnt onto the crock pot, and it's like this brown, crusty queso. And <clears> cleaning <throat> that off your crock pot is a pain. So having those liners makes it. It's where you just pull the liner out. Yeah, you get plastic. And, and it's sponsor correct, dude. It's it's made it's by Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a good idea. Maybe maybe our homies at Silka should let us know whether or not that's a good idea. But uh, I kind of like it. Nah, I'm out. You're out. Wait, okay. why would you do that again? I was too busy thinking about queso. Well, so the reason I like it is then, you know, we were talking about how the, like the strip chip is like specific to each chain. Mm. So like, I then you can just take the, the whole, wax. what? No, you take the whole Some... liner out and then you keep it in that liner bag. And that's oh, for yeah. that chain. Right. Right. 
You just add it to your hook. You just you hang it no, yeah. hook in the little I mean, I, I, I can see I can see the utility of this. In which case, just use a plastic grocery bag in there so that it has handles already so you can hang it on the hook, Adam. That would be better. <laughs> yeah. Next iteration. But I yeah. thought you said the strip chip is on one-time use, so once it's used, it just it basically goes back to like normal wax, and I can use that wax on other chains. Well, that I don't know if you can use it on other chains or if you have to use it on the same chain. Why would it be distinct? Why would it? Is that wax only compatible with that chain now? I don't get it. Why? Why would you only use that wax with that chain? I am such a noob to waxing. I have no idea. Yeah, these are all these are all questions for Josh or from uh, from uh, Travis or or Travis. Yeah. Yeah. We should maybe get Richard. Talk about it next. Well, week. he they did release a YouTube video that I haven't watched yet. The most frequently asked questions about the new strip chip. So, okay, I'm sure it's. I would there. recommend people watch that if they've got questions. Don't refer to the Bonk Bros at all. Yeah, unless Agreed. you want to use that discount code Bonk Bros at checkout for fifteen percent off. <laughs> okay, Stevie D wants to know uh, helmet question for you. When it comes to Helmets, we know that ventilation allows for more airflow, thus cooling. But what about helmet color? Is a white helmet much cooler than a black helmet? I've seen that you can use a laser thermometer to measure temperatures on the outside of items. But what about on the inside? Yeah, so I think that, and I forget, I wish that I could give them credit right now because I forget who tested this. Somebody tested this, and I can't remember who, and it sucks that I can't give them credit right now. But they did try to see whether or not your head was hotter in a, in the sun, in a black helmet versus a white helmet. Um, and they didn't find any difference. And I think that the, the actual surface of the helmet was hotter, meaning that the black surface versus the white surface, but the foam, the foam that separates the, the plastic outer shell of the helmet and your head is actually a pretty good insulator. So, I mean, that's, in fact, it's it, they. I think that they. I was talking to a helmet company about this. They actually use that foam for like coolers and stuff. Yep. So it's it's for the purpose of insulation. So it's quite it's quite difficult for that heat from the plastic shell of the helmet to actually transfer to your head. Uh, so the answer is, don't worry about it. Just get whatever color you think looks cool. Hot pink for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Raymond wants to know, so Raymond is racing sea otter gravel for the first time this year as an age group athlete. I am doing it on my giant TCX with 42 millimeter Dylan Johnson special S-Works Pathfinder Pros and a Shimano gearing with 42 in the front and 36 in the rear. I was also thinking about putting on a Fox 32 so I could fit a 47 mil tire. I was hoping you guys could help advise uh what a good setup would be for me with this tcx thanks raymond my advice is to throw this bike in the garbage and get a mountain bike that's a solid hot take there (laughs) for real though dude come on the the sea otter uh gravel course is basically the mountain bike course is it not it is yeah yeah i mean you actually did the sea otter gravel race so you probably have the best (laughs) in what bike did i do it on the mountain bike mountain bike yeah and it was sick i mean i the only time the mountain bike was uh, an issue was at the start, like in the first five miles, there was this like really fast downhill gravel descent mm-hmm. and I was spun out and it was a challenge to like keep up with the lead group. 
But then as soon as it like turned into technical sections, it like it was immediately now, an advantage. If you had your fancy pants new <clears throat> mosaic drop bar mountain bike that you're currently building up, uh versus your Dude, it came in yesterday. Oh wow. Yeah. Have you looked at it? I looked at it, but I haven't started building it yet. Okay. It's sick. So if you had had that bike versus the bike that you actually did it on, which I think was the epic hardtail without drop bars, which one would you have chosen for that specific race? For sure, the drop bar hardtail. Okay. I think it would have been perfect. Cool. Yeah. With with big gearing. Big gearing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, I had right. big gearing. I had like a 3810 on it at the time, but it still uh-huh. wasn't big enough. 40 yeah. or 42 would be better. Um but yeah, no, I think I think a drop bar hardtail is a good bike for that course. Um, I it was super bumpy though is the only thing. So like that's where that drop bar full sauce would be really sick because I think you mm-hmm. could benefit from having the cushion in the rear. Yeah, and I don't know if I would say still like for the mountain bike race, even though the course is the same. It's weird that like you would consider using different bikes for each. Probably shouldn't think about it that way, but. Um, I'm just trying to think like if, if the full sus is more, is like the full sus with the flat bars is a bigger benefit than the hardtail with the drop bars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Either way, uh, your T, your TCX is not the right bike. Sorry. So I, I was just going to look it up. I don't know if you can, if he can put a Fox 32 on a gravel bike. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but it's not, it's not gonna, the geometry is going to be all screwed up. Well, yeah, the geo is going to be terrible, so I definitely wouldn't do it because of the geo. But I'm also thinking, I thought that the head tube, uh, like the tapered head tube dimensions were different. I know you can go the other way, like you can put the mini gravel suspension fork on a mountain bike, but I don't know if you can go the other way. I don't see any reason why you couldn't do it. It just will really screw up the the geometry of the bike. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, sounds like he's got the right tires. Uh, assuming he can't, I, I actually I used to have a TCX, so I know he can't really fit any bigger than forty twos on there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I would just run it like that. Uh, let's yeah. see. Uh, this is a good one. Also from Adam. This is a different Adam. Uh, question for the podcast: At what point does it make sense to hire a cycling coach? I've top ten a few local gravel races and want to continue to improve. I went to college for exercise science, so it feels silly to buy a training plan as I can build that for myself on Training Peaks. I know they offer a lot of value, but I'm not sure at what level of cycling prowess would deem someone necessary to have a coach. Uh, when and why should I consider hiring a coach? I can chime in here since so, everybody's quiet. Uh, I have a few clients right now who are very have built training plans for themselves and are proficient at it. They understand the process. What they really wanted, though, is someone who's objective and perhaps um, a little bit separated from their own personal training, right? A little further from the situation and someone that can basically like help them when life gets hectic, things are a little busy. So, I mean, not to say that you know, the, your coach will, if you went to school for exercise science, like I'm sure you and your coach probably have the same degree of, of knowledge. But if you want someone that's objective, that can help kind of keep the picture of the forest through the trees, that's, that's when a coach can come in and help you specifically of just, you know, keeping you on track, not letting you freak out when you go to a group ride and, you know, you get dropped or whatever. Um, just yeah. kind of helping you keep tracking towards your goals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
I don't have a, I don't have a coach, but I, I that is <laughs> that is smart. We know a few <laughs> that you could maybe hire. Yeah. <laughs> you should you, you should do that one year like instead of next year putting out a youtube video about how you're gonna like try this new crazy high volume block training and blah 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 you should be like i'm gonna get faster this year look what i did i hired a coach and it's and it's drew is your coach <laughs> yeah i would have to be his coach i mean i'm the yeah all right so be. drew hypothetically <laughs> if i hired you as a coach do you think that i would five hundred dollars a month at least oh I, i'm not talking about how much i would have to pay you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay i'm talking okay. about do you think that i would do better or worse than 16th in the grand prix definitely better <laughs> are we talking 15th are we talking like 12th <laughs> Well, you have already hit your genetic potential, so we would really have to scrounge for some, benefits, you know, for some gains <laughs> in other places. But right, but we can do that. We can do it. Okay. Um, you can get me fifteenth place. <clears throat> yeah, probably. Right. No, but no money. Are we talking back. like no we money need, back guarantee? Like, like Dylan needs to hop on the dad watch train or what? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I did get faster after I had a kid. <sighs> um no i I like uh when i think about coaching i think i think a lot of people think about it in too simple of a way um like getting a coach and getting a training plan aren't the same thing um like you're, you're you're getting a lot more when you get a coach than just a training plan uh and i think all of the other stuff that you're paying for when you get a coach is is worth it even if you are even if you don't have that much time to train or even if you have met your genetic potential, like all of the, all of that, having a coach on board through that is, uh, there's just so many other things that they offer. Like the, they help you alleviate stress. They help you uh, consider like think outside the box for like motivation. It's just nice to have another person in your corner, like walking you through, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. Or maybe you don't even know what you want to accomplish and your coach needs to direct you in that way, but they're going to help you along the way and be there with you through that process. I think that adds a lot of value to the whole goal setting, goal accomplishing process. Drew, I, I do just want to mention that you've brought up the term genetic potential a lot here. <laughs> No. It's subtle messaging for you, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, we wear, we wear many hats as coaches from uh, product experts to race strategy to, you know, psychologists, sports psych, et cetera. So, yeah, like you're like you're saying, Dizzle, you're not just getting someone that puts a training plan together for you. It's tries to be holistic, at least with Ignition Coach Co. It's pretty holistic mm-hmm. in our approach. and. Uh, yeah, isn't just like something you could buy off the internet. That should be a coach's challenge sometime. Like they should do a study, or or I think it'd just be fun to do a challenge. Every every like a coach is assigned an athlete, and all the athletes are on the exact same training plan. You can't make any alterations. See which athlete like comes out on top based on all the other attributes that the, the coach brings to the table. Hmm. Because I think that's what happens a lot of times is an athlete will get paired with a coach and they think that the training plan itself is going to like somehow be this like magically revolutionized approach to training. And um, I would say like if that's the case, maybe your coach is like blowing a little smoke in the mirrors because they're like trying to make it seem like, oh, I've got the secret recipe. But it's really like if you're if you have sound uh, like if you have a sound foundation of 
endurance, um, like training knowledge, your training plan shouldn't look a whole lot radically different than, you know, a traditional plan. Um, it's everything else that the coach brings that, that adds value. You can't, you can't talk to a training plan. And I know it seems lame to like, I'm going to hire a coach just so I can talk to them. But like talking to somebody, like we're literally talking right now to like talking and communication is like, that's like the, one of the fundamentals of life. Like seriously, like literally just being able to talk to somebody. And when you hire a coach, you can talk to somebody. And that alone is like a huge best friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you pay, if you pay for your friends, but yeah, (laughs) some people do, I guess. So yeah. Is that how, is that how you got all your subscribers, Dylan? You just paid for them. (laughs) Exactly. That's my secret. Uh, Okay. This one, uh, this one's from Timmy and Timmy says, here's a new tire topic for the bonk bros. Oh boy. Which, which tubeless (laughs) tires have the best air retention? Does casing matter? Does sealant matter? How about rim tape? Type of rim? Does any of this matter? What is life? Go down the hole of rabbits. Dude, I, <laughs> anecdotal experience, I was having the, so much of a trouble. Anticdotal. Anticdotal. Yeah, not uh, antidotal. Whatever. <laughs> I was having so much trouble trying to get these rims to seed, seed, sit, seat. I don't know to pop onto the rim and they weren't, it just wasn't doing, I was like, I was blowing all the air in these things and nothing was happening. And I, I added an extra layer of rim tape and bada bing, bada boom. There it was popped on there. No problem. Uh, were you using a, you were using a compressor? Yeah, I was using a compressor. I took the valve core out, everything like what I always do. And they were just like the air was going in, but it wasn't popping up. I even tried different tires. I was like, maybe these tires are old. So that goes back to like what Tyler was talking about with the standards. Like sometimes you get that where a rim, like the, the outer diameter of the rim bed is like varies in size relative to the inner diameter of the tire bead. Yeah. So you just don't get like a consistent fit always. Yeah. Well, also I think the, this tire or this, the wheel that I had only had one layer of the tape. And I think the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the standard is two layers of rim tape, right? No. I mean, I, oh. I would say it depends on the rims. Like some of my rims, I only do one, one strip. Oh really? Yeah. Some rims then, I have to do like three strips. I'm sponsored by vision this year. You know, same, the same wheel company that Yumbo Visma is sponsored by, just saying. So I'm, pra- I'm practically teammates <laughs> you, with Sepp Cuss and, and Jonas. Um, anyways. You can give them their, your discount code if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I a, I, yeah, it's coming. I don't have one yet, but, um, we should still go buy some vision wheels. <laughs> so anyways, the vision wait wheels. Until, came, wait until Drew has his discount code and then buy it. And the instructions on the vision wheels said two layers. So that's why I was making that assumption. Hmm. Yeah, but I guess that might be right for those rims. For different rims. Okay, got it. Were, was, it the, was it the vision wheels that wouldn't set up tubeless no matter how much air you put in them? No, those were some crappy training wheels I bought off of Facebook Marketplace. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, see what you're, trying to do there? you're trying to throw down my sponsors? <laughs> nah. The vision wheels popped right on. I almost didn't even need to use an air compressor. I just could have used my mm. pump if I wanted to. So you, you just, could just, you just, you just blow up with a straw. Could have. Yeah. Yeah. Because you my VO2 max is so high. I could have just done it with my mouth. 
You could just do what Scott does. Scott just runs tubes and he only pumps his tires up once a month when he feels like they're kind of low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was running tubes until this year because gator skins don't have a tubeless option, but I'm not on gator skins anymore. Yeah. Have I you guys wish- ever used the Bontrager tubeless system? Yeah. No. So they have so. this like yeah. they have this like super hard plastic rim strip that you have to like install onto their rims. Um so instead of using tape, it's just this like tubeless yeah. rim strip. And I think that's kind of cool because it makes the whole process a little bit easier. But their their rims are so hard to get the tire on and off of. Like mm. it's it's as if there's like forty uh rounds of tape on it. It's like impossible. Does it make it hold better though? Oh yeah, dude. You don't even you don't even need sealant, man. You just like air that thing on there. And dude, imagine it's trying to put it. Imagine trying to put a challenge tire on a Bontrager rim. For those who don't Ch- know, challenge tires are so hard to put on rims. They're insane. They, really? They made a they made a tool that helps you to like <laughs> like whip it on there. The tire I read a tool. <laughs> I read some reviews of challenge tires when I because I I got some challenge tires and I was like, wow, this is so hard to put on. I, I wonder if other people are having this issue. There were some reviews that gave it a one star and said, I couldn't put the tires on, so I gave up. <laughs> like, they never rode the tires. Wait, just... so were you putting challenge tires on those Facebook Marketplace wheels, Drew? Mm, I don't remember. I tried like all, I tried several different tires on those Marketplace rims because I was, uh, yeah, I just wanted them for training, so I didn't really care. But I think now hmm. they have. Now Dude, they what? do have, yeah, yeah. Now they vision do isn't hooking you up with a, a, a training wheel. Um, they sent me race wheels. I'm just why one of those guys that like your race wheels for training. Yeah, I know. I I hate that because like I don't want to. I don't know. I I want them to last as long as possible. I guess they've got and a I lifetime have, warranty, probably. And I have crappy training wheels that I'd rather also, train on. Also, if you're a sponsored athlete, like you just destroy your rims and they send you another pair. Or are you not at the Seth Coast level? Yeah, but but I'm but I'm I don't know. I want to be uh, I want to be thoughtful of them, and I don't want to like right. just waste let me stuff. let me ask you this: what What do you think their marketing team would would like better to hear that you went on Facebook Marketplace and bought some no name brand and you're repping that on your training rides? <laughs> I already had or these, you, like, or that you rode <laughs> their their nice fancy wheels and training and something happened and you need another pair, but you were at least riding you their wheels. I can guarantee you, their marketing team has no idea who I am. And <laughs> dude, hopefully, know. hopefully your sponsors' marketing teams don't listen to this podcast because the amount of Made times it. you, the amount of times you shoot yourself in the foot with your sponsors is <laughs> hilarious. Hopefully, they're giving it to me because they want to see me race fast, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Marcio sent us a post that Sebastian Keenley is uh, moving over to the dark side of gravel racing. I don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. He's like a world champion Ironman. Ironman triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Does he need a coach? Uh, you've never heard uh, of Sebastian Keenley? I guess I don't follow triathlon close enough. Hmm. Look, so nope. no disrespect to Ironman triathletes, but um, that here's some some disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> that per that person, Sebastian, is not going to turn heads. That's my hot wow. take prediction. Wow. But are you going to use him as an example of how the lifetime Grand Prix is getting more difficult each year? Well, if he does the oh, lifetime geez. Grand Prix and he beats me, then yeah, for sure. 
Dude, Sebastian Keenley has 205,000 followers on Instagram. Okay. I think he's turning heads, dude. Well, I, I, so uh, this isn't the first triathlete that has, um, I think that during COVID there were some triathletes that did the BWR Utah race because they, all the Ironman races got canceled because it was 2020. Yeah. Like Ben Hoffman, I think did it. Um, and, oh. and another one that I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they, again, oh. these You're are leaving super- Drew. These yes, are super bye-bye. strong. See ya. Okay. We'll see you, man. These are super strong um, people in the world of triathlon, and uh, they didn't turn heads at the BWR Utah gravel race. So, hmm. yeah, it sounds like he's going to be at Unbound. So that'll be interesting. Also, um, yeah, I mean, everyone's at Unbound, dude. The Unbound starting list is insane. But here's what I'll say about that. Every single year, the unbound starting list is insane. And half of those riders that you think are so insane that are going to supposedly win the race, they don't even finish because they get a flat tire or it's too hot for them or they got dehydrated or they got a crap. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that this this Sebastian person is one of those people. He could totally shock me. But if I had to make a prediction right now based off of what I know about triathletes trying to do gravel, I'm going to say... I mean, who knows, like he might just be doing gravel for funsies, you know? Yeah. He might be training for the double at Mid-South or maybe he's going to do the lead fill. Probably crush the double. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he's going to do lead man. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Peter wants to know, I don't really know what this question means, but it says tour Libidaby or junior tour of Ireland better. Hmm have no idea if scott was here maybe he could help you <laughs> yeah. uh i i don't know anything about know either he, one of them i mean i've heard of tour libidaby uh i can't say that i've heard of the junior tour of ireland dude i wish scott was here because i wanted to talk to him about the um the article that he sent us about how that team tried to dress up one of their mechanics as a rider and then got disqualified for oh, a whole yeah. season what was that uh so you have to have a, a specific number of riders to start a race. I didn't really delve into which race it was, but uh, Sinisa, I don't know how you say that that name. Um, they were short one rider, and they asked their mechanic to just sign on as a rider. And then somehow they got found out, and they were uh, So is that because, so like Scott was saying that you can't just have anyone yeah sign in. so you have why? to be like, a member um an actual like rider with a license like you can't just have a uci mechanics license you have to have oh, okay. a uci rider's mm-hmm. license gotcha. so that's what he was getting at and uh, my like joking point to him was like she should have just kept riding and like just been like oh i got mechanical or like i'm not feeling well i'm getting in the car kind of thing and no one would have known but mm. in any case but the chick, is a chick that did that the yes, uh, so that's a women's team the oh, it was a women's team. I didn't see mm-hmm. that it was a women's the team. The ruling was, or the the consequence of doing that was insane. Weren't the team team managers or something suspended for like a whole year? The manager, the manager, and the mechanic were spent. The mechanic who signed on were suspended for a year uh, for committing fraud. I guess wow. that's the fraud we should be worried about. Um, Dude, I, does that blow? Does that blow anyone else's mind? Like they were just trying to do the race, you know, like they're not trying to be malicious in any way. They just want to do the race. Yeah. I mean, it seems like why I mean, it seems excessive, but 
I why why can't you just start the race with a woman down? I don't get that either. Some du- another dumb UCI rule that just doesn't a make disadvantage, sense. but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're not even. I I would get it if that they're if they're doing something to try to gain an advantage. They're just doing something to try to start the race. They just want to start <laughs> the race, and you're gonna you're gonna suspend these people for a year. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I think I mean I think it's a little harsh, but it seems to be about par for the course for the UCI to come down with some. Dude, I would expect like a two a two hundred Swiss franc fine, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you there's know? like there's more important things that the UCI should be focused on, but and yet here we are, uh, you know, focused on all the things that don't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently Carl wants to know our take on the Trans Cordilleras Ultra Gravel Race. Or take, yeah. I think um, that's Mike, the one that that Rusty was down at, right? Yeah. In my thing is that I never heard of it until this year, and then it seemed like there were all these hitters there, and I was like, "What is this race?" Just a nice little race in where was it? Colombia. Uh, Colombia. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how gravel races will be like that. They, you know, these gravel races will pop up out of nowhere, and there's all these hitters there, and you're like. Since when is this a big deal race? I've never heard of this race before. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal race when they all rock up there because they're, you know, no doubt getting yeah. appearance fees and such. For sure. Right. But yeah. uh, didn't didn't Lawrence Tendam win it on a drop bar epic, which we were talking about earlier? Uh, I, I did not see who won the race. I think... <laughs> I Okay. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't another race and I'm not completely botching this right now but i think that Lawrence Tendam won the race on an epic world cup with drop bars oh it was an epic world cup with drop bars yeah damn that's sick uh i don't know trans cordieris I'll, I'll try and find it mm-hmm. dude everyone's freaking we we called them man everyone's freaking turning over to the drop bar mountain bike side i know dude they were making fun of it last year yeah not making fun of it anymore <laughs> freaking jabronis even tobin was like yeah you know, I made a lot of fun of your bike, Dylan, but you make some good points. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> no, man, the whole thing's in Spanish. I can't read that. Yeah, I have. I can't tell who won. Hmm. It's all in Spanish. I can't tell <laughs> which one is the winning announcement. I also can't see Lawrence Tendam's bike. What the frick? Maybe it was on Lawrence Tendam's. Oh, yeah, okay. I got it. I went to Lawrence. Lawrence's page. <clears throat> Dude, that's sick. Yeah, you did have a drop bar World Cup. Yeah. With um, with arrow bars, I know. Even dude, more this ball. is like such an anti. This is like such an anti Lawrence Tendam bike that he rode. He hates arrow yeah. bars. Dude, he must have just been on your uh, on your YouTube page. I know. Maybe he's a listener. Dude, sick. Yeah, probably not. He's also he's also said. I was having a conversation with him, and he said that he feels like he puts out way less power on a mountain bike than on a gravel bike. Hmm. Just you know something about the position. Hmm. I feel like the opposite usually. Yeah, I mean, I think that mountain bikers usually feel like they put put out more power on the mountain bike, and roadies feel like they put out more power on a road bike slash gravel bike. Um, yeah, I think it's all about what bike you're more used to. Uh, okay, well, we could probably end it there. It's a lot of talking. All right, now I'm just going down the Instagram rabbit hole of drop bar mountain bikes. <laughs> I know it's like a legitimate thing now. 
There we go. We started it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. Sick. All right. We'll see you guys. See you. Later.